Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast. I'm your host Ashwin, I'm joined by Varun and somewhere in the ether I think DJ is trying to join us so there is there's an attempt to get all three of us live but the technology has seemed to fail us today so we're we're getting started. Thanks for those of you who've been on and waiting as patiently for us as we figure out technology issues. Varun, how are you doing? Pretty big week in the world of India and Indian cricket. I mean, India has just at the time of recording this, India's women have won the Asia Games. Asian Games gold medal, which is exciting, and then of course lots happening in the in the men's men's game in the lead up to the to the World Cup, including a pretty big series win over Australia. So how have you been feeling? Yeah, feeling great. Congratulations to the Indian women's team for winning the Asia Asian Games. Congratulations to the men's team for winning the Asia Cup. And I have to be honest, just before the Asia Cup, I was like, who is going to watch these ODIs? What is going to happen? And that's when you realize that scheduling is great because India, I think, have played already six or seven ODIs and they've been good games we've started finding our groove I think we've got nine out of 11 slots final but we're going to touch upon that a little bit after we talk about the two games but generally feeling good man and 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 with our B team or not A team we're beating Australia 2-0 out of a three-match series with one game left so generally very positive right now. And not just 2-0, but substantial wins is what's pretty important to, to add. Varun, I will be the first. I think, I can't remember who was. I think it was just me and DJ on last week. I'll be the first to admit, I thought it was not the smartest idea to be trying our outside the playing 11 squad players. Like I was sitting here saying, what is the value of playing Prasid Krishna? Why are we, if, you know, you and I were talking about offline, off the air, about if we, if we were going to play Ash, like, we would have played him more than whatever five or six ODIs he's played in the last three years. And and yet to some extent, same with Shreyas, same with Sky, same with these choices that seemed like the Asia Cup had made for us. And before we get into the first ODI, I guess my question is to some extent, uh, you know, I was wrong. It seems like now having Sky, Ayer, Ash, all kind of find form gives us more options. So I'm very torn, I guess, on is this a good problem to have or a bad problem to have? Yeah, no, I, I felt the exact same way as you. And then I started thinking more about potential injuries when you play. Then I started thinking about the fact that Rohit, Kohli, Pandya, Bumrah um, are going to play either way. And especially in Indian conditions, I don't think they really need that much match practice. Now, they had said first two ODIs, we will, uh, this is the squad for the third, it might change. You might see some guys coming back. But you're right, man, when Rohit and Kohli and Pandya play, Three slots are taken. You don't get to test anyone else. You needed match practice. And as we get down into it, you've already correctly said that there are um, a few guys who have done really well and that wouldn't have happened otherwise. So smart move in hindsight, something we didn't think at the start, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad it happened. Yeah. So so why don't you run us down the first ODI really quick, right? Mohali, India wins the toss here. It elects to field, right? It's a good, good chasing ground. And the big change being Mohamed Siraj, is one of the few sort of, hey, you've done great on the back of that unbelievable Asia Cup final. He's being rested and Mohamed Shami comes in. And do you want to just run us down what happened? Because it was it was pretty fascinating. Yeah, so just in terms of India's team, they had Gaikwad back at the top. They had Ravi Chandran. Actually, Ashwin. can I pause you and ask yeah. you how you felt? You've been a pretty big advocate of Ruturaj. No, I'm, I'm, I still think he's great. And I think he did a great yeah. job. I am a big fan of his. But... He's the guy who I felt made no sense to play this tournament. For for now. I yeah. mean, he's clearly the want, plan for like, 25 and beyond. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you, he probably yeah. might be part of the T20 plan next year. So there is, or maybe it's Jaiswal, but there is a plan for him. But 
why did you play him here? Because you've got enough backups. And isn't Kishan supposed to be your backup opener if something goes wrong? So I kind of feel like since they've defined Kishan's role in middle order, they just didn't want him to open. And that's why Gaikot is bought in. But it doesn't seem to make sense to me. So anyway, like I said, Gaikwad was in the squad. Uh, Sky was back. Uh, and then you had Ravi Chandran Ashwin and Shardul Thakur. Yeah. So very, very interesting, right? I'm very torn about the fact that, about your, your point on Kishan, right? The middle middle order. So Australia ends up batting, makes 276. David Warner gets a 50, which is a little painful to watch, but but understand. Uh, Josh, Engl- Josh Inglis at the end looked really good. I really struggle with his name. I'm either calling him Josh English or Joss Inglis. So um, anyway, we're, we're fine. So 276 all out. The big highlight of that innings was Mohammad Shami, right? Coming right back in, 276 all out with a five for 10 overs, one made in five for 51. And then honestly, chasing 276, it was, a, it was a little bit of a two-faced pitch, but the openers looked absolutely outstanding. So to your point, Ruturaj has, has, is not breaking down the door to say, pick me for the ODI World Cup. What he's saying is, I'm here, I'm ready, I'm primed. And you know, when it's time, when Rohit says he wants to focus on IPL and tests or whenever it's time, he's ready and he's there, right? Shubman Gill, just absolutely outstanding. And we'll we'll talk about it again. And that he made a, a really good 70, 74, uh, I think it was in the first match. KL Rahul then came in, made a nice 50. And then, Baron, the guy I want to ask you about is Surya Kumar Yadav, right? The last, three, the last three matches he played against Australia was three ducks in ODIs. And then he came out and made a 50. And obviously, no surprise, he made another outstanding 50 in the second match as well. So we're not going to get into the details of the squad, but coming into that, coming out of that first ODI, Shami and Sky would have been pretty happy, right? Yeah, and imagine like these guys are not confirmed playing eleven. These guys are not. I just don't know how else to say it. These guys are not in our playing eleven. So when when you see these guys doing Shami and Sky doing really well, it just kind of reinforces that belief that we've got the bench strength. It reinforces the belief that. Kohli, Rohit, etc. should have been rested. And Sky, man, like it wasn't a typical innings. It was 50 of 49 for, for him, right, in the first ODI. and um, But yeah, got across the line, 48.4 overs, 281 for five. Uh, I, I, yeah, I take that any day, man. For me, the biggest thing is just getting Sky some match practice. So Sky walked in here at 185 for four in 32, 30, 32 and a half overs. And just remember that number because it's a big crux of my indecision or question on Sky. DJ, welcome to the show. We had some serious technology issues. We're getting some questions coming on YouTube. Where's DJ? And then, of course, welcoming you. So so thanks for being here, DJ. We're, we're not going to interrupt the flow, so we're going to keep going. Let's talk about the second India versus Australia men's ODI. And I'll ask you to run run us down it if you have the scorecard available or handy as you sip on your fancy sparkling water. Or um, or or the or DJ just remembers it by heart because it, oh, yeah, it he happened just knows yesterday. That, um, I'm actually as you speak, I'm opening my tabs, but it's 399 for four. For five. five. <laughs> That's, you got it. Sorry. You have to leave the podcast right now. You just All right, man. <laughs> bye. See ya. <laughs> Done. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was a game where I think India lost the toss, was put in to bat. Both captains, uh, KL Rahul, the Indian captain, also wanted to field. In the final analysis, probably uh, a good toss to lose, right? Um, hundreds for... Uh, Rituraj Gaikwad uh, did okay. He 
hit two fours and then got out. <laughs> uh, but then he would have sat and watched Gil score a hundred, Shreya Sayer score a hundred, KL get fifty, and I think the knock that is uh, really put the cat among the pigeons. Uh, uh, Sky seventy two of thirty seven. Yeah, are you looking at the scorecard or did you? I'm not. That? I'm not. All right, all right, all right, all right. I mean, we believe you, so that's that's we'll the positive. Yeah, I'm just we'll going to actually but, now open up the scorecard because. But by the way, I think this pitch is where India has hit their highest total or one of their highest totals, 418. So it also talks a lot about the pitch, right? Yeah, yeah. I have to assume, by the way, that Rahul was just playing mind games because Indore is not a win, win toss yeah. ball type of wicket whatsoever. So either he was making a mistake and it was a good toss to lose or he's becoming a mature captain and playing mind games saying, yeah, 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 I would have fielded it first too. It's okay. It's okay. And for me, so just as, let's talk through India's batting a little bit, right? So when Shreya Sayer walked in, my dad was transiting through Singapore. So we were sitting and watching it. And I was just like, this guy is the worst, most like hated player. He shouldn't be in the squad. I don't know why he's taking up a a spot. And I was just angry. I don't know why I was so angry at Ayer. And then like his first 30 runs, my dad just looked at me. With every shot that he hit, because he said, he said was, "Do you know anything about cricket? Yeah. What's happening?" He just looked at me like that, and I was just like, "Actually, these shots were sublime." I mean, Ashwin, DJ, I don't know if you guys watched some of those first six or seven boundaries. They were incredible. It was like T Twenty, and I suddenly got thrown back to like a year playing for Delhi Capitals, and then I was happy. I mean, he was a man on a mission. He was there. He knew. He walked in basically aware. I'm fighting for my spot in the side. You know, fairly, unfairly, however you want to articulate it, there have been a lot of discussions on whether he should slot in or not, injury, this, that, Asia Cup, one match, and then out for the rest of it. And he just came in and said, I need I need to to establish that I belong here. DJ, let me ask you about the question about as you Varun was talking about the innings. And the question that's plagued a lot of kind of social media, if you will, right? So Shubman Gill was 74 off of 54 balls at one point. Okay. Shreyas Ayer was 74, um, I don't know why I've picked 74 arbitrarily, uh, off of 55 at one point, okay? And then Shreyas took another 32 balls to get the next 25 runs to get a century. So so it's pretty sudden slowdown. Gil took another 34, 35 balls to get another 20 runs. So the, the message just being, you know, and I don't Simon Doodle or somebody said, Indian batters played a stat pad and that, you know, controversy, all that stuff. But but let's talk about the fact that these guys were at 160 odd in 20 overs and then both slowed down pretty significantly, got to their milestones and then got out. Shreyas was hurting. It looked like he was injured. He wasn't there. But is that a problem? And is that a discussion if you're Rahul Dravid, you go into the change room and say, it was fine in a bilateral that was kind of meaningless. It is not okay in the World Cup. They went at about less than a run ball, obviously. Yeah, so you were you went from 130 strike rate to about 85 in the lead up to your century. Yeah, but it, it's a it's a 50 over game, right? So it, it's very hard to pick passages of play. Maybe Australia bowled well. Maybe they had I don't know who was on then, but it's probably their better bowlers. There was a spell where we were going at four runs and over, and it is natural. I mean, with Ayer, you could see that he was keen to get to that three figure mark. He was trying to make. The innings count, right? So I, I, I don't have. I mean, in the final analysis. You've got a guy who's come in and scored seventy-two of thirty-seven balls or whatever. It's okay. You've got four hundred on the board, so it's very difficult to pick passages of play like that because, and I've said this many times before, that 
it's not a video game where you press a few buttons and people score runs in 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 a in a, in a straight line or a curve that, that only goes upwards it's it's played by human beings and it is natural i'm not saying they stat padding but it does slow down in the middle overs the game the odi game by itself right so i i don't have a particular problem with that given what came later with kishan and and rahul and and, and sky varun let me quickly ask you about that because you've been a pretty you've been a pretty like fa- big fan if i may say of the england kind of approach right and england doesn't slow down regardless of wickets falling regardless of milestones and stuff as they as team india got to 200 in 28.3 overs and then it took some pretty insane heroics to get to 399 right like the rule of thumb has been you double your score after 30 overs if you're two down and so we we go you got nowhere close right we were 216 after 30 overs and so we fell 30 runs short so i'm just curious how you you how you interpreted that versus dj's you know being a little more fair and saying the yeah. game naturally slows down no i think dj is right i just think but i do think they slowed down as they got to past 80 85 and again right you, this is all in hindsight what if sky didn't and he had played as to his average in the last one year or two years which is 15 and suddenly you're looking at a score of 320 330 with uh, jadeja's i mean jadeja's always good but pretty much ashwin and thakur to follow right so it's it's this debate where i i was actually in favor of them slowing down a little to either get some energy and make sure that one of them says hey we need to back till the 40 45th over but i mean in the end sky sky made it look good right so i i don't know but i i think my approach in this like the england side is that one guy has to keep going hard i understand if you slow down in the 90s but between gill and sky uh, uh sorry gill and ayer one of them needs to go hard and maybe gill should have just said you know my spot is cemented i'm going to go a little bit hard you try and bat this out get some more time in the middle i don't know if that's how guys think but that's the way i would have approached it Yeah and and then let's let's quickly talk you know the the reality is amongst the Suryakumar Yadav heroics making 72 of 37 including those four back to back sixes i mean the bowling figures ended up being abysmal right if not for Cameron Green's two wickets 103 in 10 overs and uh Abbott gave one for 91 in his 10 overs just abysmal thanks in large part to sky but also full credit to Rahul who came out started hitting from the first ball I think he had a six on the first on his second ball or something. And Kishan, thirty-one of eighteen, probably could have gone on to get ten or fifteen more, but looked so good, looked so fluid. So everybody really firing. And then DJ walk us through the Australia innings really quickly, chasing four hundred. Some some rain and DLS ended up reducing the target, etc. But Prasid picked up two, Ash picked up three, and the Jadeja kind of cleaned up the tail, right? Very clinical from from the Indian bowlers. Uh it wasn't. totally clinical i'd say uh, we did well up front we we had them like 130 odd for 8 yeah, and 135 for 740 for 8 yeah yeah and then there was a kyle abbot attack it got a little bit messy shawn abbot shawn abbot who's kyle abbot different guy a wrestler or a no i think also new zealand yeah Yeah, maybe South African. <laughs> Kyle Abbott is oh. South African. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, is great, we know Sean, what we're talking about. Sean Abbott. No, um, the the of course, Prasit took two into Gill taking a nice catch as well. Um, uh, the talking point of that innings, I think, apart from the assault at the end, which really showed you could score runs on that postage stamp of a ground, was the battle between two. I'd say kind of white ball. Uh, Well, not really. Ashwin's more of a red ball bowler, but between Ashwin and and 
David Warner. I don't know. That was an absolutely insane passage of play where Warner was batting right-handed against Ashwin. I don't know, Ashwin. Tell us and, why and he did. Pat that. Cummins was laughing away. Like it was, I couldn't understand what he was doing. But it was I mean, you bizarre. can't play him left-handed, so you decide to play him right-handed. What's the logic here? Yeah, and then. In, well, I guess he was just saying, instead of me, rever- if I'm basically going to reverse every ball, let's just save the effort because I'm getting old now and constantly turning my hip every ball to rotate. So I'm just going to start righty. And then swept it, got a massive under edge, a massive bottom edge, and then hit his pad and got given out. And I honestly think he was just, after having batted righty and fallen over on a sweep, he was just too embarrassed to review it. So he didn't, but he, he would have been safe. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And he he, he fell over. He asked Josh Inglis. Whether he was out or not, and he, he said he, he was out and he sent him on his way. But that is, by the way, after Ashwin has bowled a carom ball from hell to go through Manas Labashain and knock his off stump back. And so you're just like, okay, so he's got the right-hander out, but you're sticking to your plan of batting right-handed against him when you're actually a natural left-hander. It was just a weird passage of play. Just, I don't know. Yeah, and we're getting a comment coming on YouTube, apparently. I don't know. I can't validate the fact, but apparently Warner's batted a whole season right-handed in domestic cricket. No, but what a spell from Ashwin, man. And I know, Varun, we spoke about this before the 15-man provisional squad was announced. And I was all for giving Ashwin a go in that spot. And it looks like that's that's where we're going with this. What a spell. Yeah, so... I want to get into the squad and what it looks like. We're just about over a week out from the World Cup and we'll do a full preview later. But why don't we take a really quick break? Let's come back, talk about what this means for India's 11 and have more hypothetical debates that uh, will be entertaining. But we will only know what happens when the World Cup starts. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast. If you're joining us on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. We It helps us grow our, our base. We always love to hear comments from you. So send them in. If you're live, watching us live, we, we may be able to take them and react in real time. Two ODIs done. Varun, you mentioned this earlier, that maybe nine of our spots are, are kind of cemented. And so just, and I've been really struggling with this, with, with the specific question being for me, do you pick your number six batter in a Surya Kumar Yadav, who do you pick your number six batter for a match situation where he gets to walk in at 200 plus for four after 35 overs? Or do you pick a player who you want to see come in at 80 for four in 18 overs? And those are completely different players in this current squad. So Varun, let's start by walking me through who you think are the cemented kind of nine and we'll we'll see if there's consensus on that before we talk about the rest. Yeah, and mind you, just a disclaimer, between now and 19th November, I think this is going to change a lot. Uh, Rishabh with, is going to come flying in, or I guess it's at home. That was my prediction in 2019. So uh, if I run through the players quickly, in my mind, there are, there are two spots up for debate. So I'll tell you my nine confirmed. It is... Essentially, Gill and Rohit, Kohli, right? And then for me, Rahul is confirmed, just undoubtedly. I think he's a great middle-order ODI bat. He, and is he confirmed at four or as a flex kind of? I, I mean, I would confirm it as four because okay. um, of what I think to come. Then I think Pandya and Jadeja, that's six, right? Um, and then, of course, you've got Siraj, Bumrah, and Kuldeep. Kuldeep. So that's right? your nine. So that's my nine. Now, there's two spots up, like I mentioned. The first for me is a question between uh, Sky, Kishan, and Ayer. 
okay and my gut feel is that now kishan for again no fault of his own is at the bottom of the pecking order okay so this is now to me a debate between sky and ayer and i should come back to your question i would much rather play sky have the x factor at 6 i think give pandya the ability to play at 5 i think as pandya has evolved he is more suited to number 5 who can rotate the strike and um, and and just play through the middle order overs i think he's got that responsibility that's his game and and that to me is the way i see it now the question there is can pandya, pandya bat at 5 and bowl let's say 90 overs over the 5 6 weeks i doubt it so there will be elements where we'll have to think through how that works but that is mine so let's let's talk about that let's as we always do in the agents legends show let's finish the batting before we move to the bowling i want to hear what you guys have to say yeah so i'll start by saying no argument whatsoever on the top 3 right and then i think we're saying let's go to 7 i think we're saying pandya and jadeja need to play i am of the school of thought as dj's lighting makes him look like a cia agent in the in the background yeah. for those who are watching there he is uh, i'm of the school of thought that jadeja needs to we need to figure out that jadeja role right like if you have a team because the only problem with everything you said varun is the lefties and so if if you have a team where you where they, they have a lot of uh call it leggies and i'm you know we have to figure out which ones they're going to be does jadeja have the ability to walk in at 4 or 5 and consolidate for you if you lose some early wickets because you needed that lefty option. So, on the 7, I'm in agreement with you on the 3 and then Pandya and Jadeja. I'm not quite as cemented on a Rahul. I think Rahul, Kishan, Sky and Ayer are fighting for two spots, whereas what you said Kishan, Sky and Ayer are fighting for one. DJ, what are your thoughts? It's tough, isn't it? It's a nice problem to have unlike last year last year last last World Cup where uh, we were debating who should bat at 4 because there was no one to bat at at 4 who'd been given a run so i'm actually in the varun school of thought i think rahul is has proved his his chops uh, he's in good form he's batting in different ways you saw him score against sri lanka i think he scored like 39 or 44 so consolidated against the left arm of velalage and yesterday you saw him just smash it from ball one kind of in ipl mode so i think he's cemented in the middle order so i'm in I'm with Varun on whether it's Sky, Ayer, and Kishan. Now, in the, those three, notwithstanding what happened yesterday, I think Ayer only provides you the same things that Gil, Rohit, Kohli, Rahul can already provide you. They can all play in that same way, right? So, to my mind, that one spot comes down to two guys, which is between Sky and Kishan. You know I'm a big Sky fan. We've spoken on this show before why I think he should be playing, but I don't think we're legislating for a number six spot here. I think we're looking at a number four, five spot here. And I think the left-handedness should give Ishan Kishan the edge. He's played completely selflessly. Went off the mark yesterday with the six first ball. He's been swiping at. He plays spin well. Attacks, attacks, attacks. That innings against Pakistan showed his character, showed his maturity. So for me, despite being probably the biggest Sky ODI fan on the show right now, and we've had that argument whether he should just come in after thirty overs and play a T20 game, which he did yesterday, I still think Kishan should play ahead of him, and that that's my that's my view. That said, there are nine games over a long time. People are going to be tired. People are going to be injured. I suspect all of those guys will get a game at some point or the other. 
because India will want them to play under the pressure of a World Cup match. So if you're playing slightly weaker team and you've been doing okay, maybe you'll play a year at three and give Kohli a rest. Why play him every game of the World Cup? Yeah, and I do think that that's why you'll see people like Pandya being rested in some games because he's so he's so critical to the the setup and the lineup. But yeah, it's it's very interesting. All three of us have a kind of different uh, view on this. I just want to add to like one thing DJ said is just I think Sky will force the management to think about the number six rather than the number four or five, right? Because I, as Ashwin said, right, if you are 80 for four, I think Jadeja just comes up and you save Sky for later. And Jadeja and Pandya have that ability. Yeah, I, I think it's just it's just that simple to me. And I just had one last point, Ashwin, before I know you, you want to move on. Sky, I think, maybe played against teams with a higher batting ceiling, like England, for example, where you know they're going to try and get to 400. Right, so the having the additional kind of all-rounder isn't really going to help you in that scenario because if you're chasing 400, you're chasing 400. And the ceiling that Sky gives you on the batting side, the sky is the limit, right? So he, he his upside is too great on the batting side to ignore him against high-scoring teams. But that is a horses-for-courses type of selection, I, I would think. Yeah, and I don't disagree with that. It's just not something we've... D- I fully agree with both your points. I mean, listen, when Zampa's bowling, send Jadeja up the order to, to hit him, right? When, if you're playing at Chennai, maybe you pick a Rahul and an Ayer because uh, that's the kind of batting you need. So I'm fully there. I think the, if the idea is nine players cemented and Rahul, I agree, is probably cemented. I just, it, this is more of what I think should happen than would. But nine cemented and the other two slots are horses for courses. I'm there. I'm 100% there. Pick the extra lefty when you have... Two le- when you're playing against opponents with two leggies. Pick Sky when you need the the extra flourish of runs where the ceiling is higher, if you will. So so very interesting. It's it's tough because I don't I don't know if it's actually as good a problem to has, have as you think, because then you start getting into the mindset of these guys, right? Is a Sky or an Ayer going to be able to play their game? Arguably, Sky has played well in the last couple of days because he's been told, you have our support, man. We're backing you. Just go. And so as you play a World Cup, if you're constantly fighting for your spot, does that make you bat more conservatively? And therefore, it's this weird cycle is because if Sky starts batting conservatively, he's not the best batter we have. And so it's very interesting. But let's talk about then the last four because we won't solve it and we'll spend a long, lot more time talking about it. <clears throat> Varun, you said from a bowler standpoint, I think you said Bumrah Siraj Kuldeep are settled. And so your question is, call it that number eight slot, right? Who's up for debates between Akshar, Ashwin, and Shardul, unless I missed... I'd, and, and sorry, Mohammad Shami, right? You don't. We don't. We didn't have him in that guaranteed nine. So, so talk me to how you think about that. Yeah. So we've got a comment from Rahul Malhotra, and he says, if we play Sky, then it makes it really difficult to play Shami in place of Lord Shardul. Now, I think there was a Cricket Info article also about this yesterday or day before. I think the battle has never been between a Shami and a Shardul. I think India has made it clear they want to bat till eight. And so between Shami, Bumrah and Siraj, the three of them, two are going to play in every game. And I I know that I'm a bigger Shami fan and I'm very happy that he took five wickets because DJ was giving me all sorts of shit about um, Siraj taking five. So I'm very happy that Shami has done that because I think he's a class bowler. And I think you will see, you will even see a game where it's Siraj and Shami playing. 
That's just the nature of this tournament. So those three are there. Workload management, two are going to play in every game. The last part, in my opinion, is that all-rounder. And I don't know how to define this. Are you a batting all-rounder? Are you a bowling all-rounder? Washington Sundar was called up because apparently he was the only one who picked up his phone at 1 a.m. Uh, before the Asia Cup final. He was playing FIFA. As <laughs> what well. was yeah, he doing awake at 1 a.m.? Why wasn't he asleep resting? <laughs> how old is he? He's a child, man. He's yeah. allowed to be up. Yeah. So he basically fielded for 14 or 15 overs. That's been his only match practice in the last year or so. So I actually would have said he's ideal, but let's not go there. Let's not add more names to the mix. Now, it comes down to pretty much Shardul, Akshar, or Ashwin, right? I vote for Akshar as number one. That is my vote. Varun, sorry, just before you were through, I know you said it. So you don't see any matches where we play Bumrah, Shami, Siraj? I mean, I'll say no. I don't know pitches well okay. enough. So, so, so two out of those three. Thank you. No, that's, it, that's interesting because that's putting a lot more on Hardik as well. And then you yeah, start getting Which is why I started saying so, that, you know, him at five is, is it a good idea? Is it not? But hey, essentially, if the game is going well, you don't need Hardik to bowl all 10. And if the game is going badly, then well, Hardik steps up and just does it for the country, right? So uh, that's the way I see it. I don't see more than two of them playing. So like I said, my first pick would still be Akshar Patel. My second pick would be Ravichandran Ashwin. And then uh, third is Shardul. The challenge though, and my last point before I hand it to you guys, is I think there's only a call between Akshar and Ashwin to be made on the final 15 in the squad. And I just got a quick buzz update just before the podcast saying Akshar Patel is ruled out of the third game as well. Uh, I don't know what his injury is, a leg, some leg injury. Quadricep. Oh, okay. So he is not going to play the third game, which means Ashwin is definitely going to play. Ashwin's bowling is better. Akshar's batting is better. That's the that's the catch. But the only way Ashwin comes in is if Akshar is effectively ruled out uh, of the ODI squad for the World Cup in a few days. And the only way Akshar then comes back in is if for some reason Jadeja is, is injured uh, enough to be out of the squad. That's my reading of the situation. So... DJ, let me just go through this really quick. Ash played two ODIs this week, or one this week, one earlier. Two in 2022. Zero in 2021. Zero in 2020. Zero in 2019. Zero in 2018. And then a combined 11 between 2016 and 2017. So he hasn't really been an ODI mainstay since 2015, if you will. Right? Okay, let's give credit for the, the, the nine matches in 2017. Yeah, and it is 2017. That's a turning point. Yeah. Because what happened in 2017? Champions Trophy 2017 against Pakistan in the final happened. To both Jadeja and Ashwin, remember. Mm -hmm. And so India went to the theory, finger spinners don't work in ODIs. So he went to Kulcha. So that's why he hasn't played. That explains why he hasn't been in reckoning. Because Chahal's been bowling well. Kuldeep's been, Kuldeep's making a comeback. Jadeja's... Made a comeback, remember, in the 2019 World Cup. He wasn't a starter in the 2019 World Cup. He only came in halfway through the tournament. Oh, towards the fag end of the tournament. He was the great super sub saving 40 runs over the over the course of the of the tournament. Ashwin, for me, actually, the the problem of the uh, the the problem with that is Akshar, and sorry, I pointed to my shoulder for whatever for quadriceps. It's actually the front of your thigh, I think, which is what a quad is. So none of us know what a quad is. Yeah. Yeah. So, so so that sounds like a pretty serious thing for Akshar, right? Like, 
I do I don't disagree with Varun that Akshar is a better batter than Ashwin. That said, if you're playing in India, whether the pitches are good like yesterday in Indore, or the pitches are spinning like Chennai would ex- be expected to spin, as oh, a no. bowler, Ashwin is ahead of both of those two guys, right? So it, it's how much batting do you actually need at number eight? And I mean Ashwin has got five Test centuries, right? And but how much do you think recency bias is sitting here because we've had two good two good batting ODIs? And so, like, yeah, and we're picking Sky and Ashwin in the play eleven now. Yeah, suddenly yeah. we're like, hey, when the top order fires, Sky at six, and you can play your eight can be a bowler. It's fine. And yet, remember, you know, even Akshar has kept us alive in games as recently as the Asia Cup, batting at eight, right? So that's that's the challenge now. Maybe yeah, if they both fit, I don't know which one we'll pick because that's again probably a horses for courses type of situation. Do they have more left-handers in their side? Do they have more right? I don't know. But I think the clear. Uh, third place in that is Shardul. He's dropped catches. He's not scored runs with the bat. He's taken wickets. He's had catches dropped off his bowling. So, unless it's like a Dharamshala where the ball is going to seam, I think there was a comment that Dharamshala was in New Zealand would he have more seamers. Perhaps he gets a look in there instead of playing three frontline seamers. Shardul plays as a, a, a seam bowling all-rounder to back up Hardik and the other two main quicks. But I can't see a world in which we should be playing him ahead of either Akshar or Ashwin at this point. And I've never actually seen that word because... Varun, I know you've been a little more supportive of Shardul as a whole. Is, is he kind of getting stuck in being the fourth best quick and the third or fourth best batting all-rounder? In which case, you could see a world where it makes sense. But he's not the best of either. And then when we're losing out, is he losing out for that reason? I, you know, I saw something where Marco said, and I don't know if this is true or a meme, but that he's a bits and pieces cricketer. So, for everyone out there, please say that more and more and more because we know what happened the last time that was said about a, an all-rounder. But I just, I, I don't know, man. I don't know what he's doing in the squad. He's not had an impact in any of the five or six games that he's played. He's, in all likelihood, if you go by ICC tournaments in the past, he's barely going to get a chance to bat in the in the group stage. And if he does play, he's going to make it to that semi-final with no match practice, very little batting practice. And I just don't know how effective he's going to be. So I am worried about Shardul and I'm worried about the fact that India keeps picking him. But again, my prediction is even if he starts the first two, three games, he's not going to finish the World Cup. They're going to play Ashwin or Akshar, whoever is in the squad. Yeah, and I mean, hot off the presses, he's not flying to Rajkot, right? Gil has been rested, understandably cemented his spot and rested. Shardul is not flying to Rajkot for the third ODI between India and Australia. So, very interesting. Going to be interesting to see what happens. We can make our predictions till the cows come home, but it's you know going to be fascinating to see how it shakes out. Gents, this has been a lot of fun. It's been a while since all three of us have been on. DJ, thanks for being able to make it despite the tech issues. We're excited. World Cup season is coming up. We'll have a preview coming up for you shortly before it starts. And then every week, for those of you who've been listeners of ours through these big tournaments, IPLs, World Cups, etc. before, we'll do uh, re- you know reviews at the end of weeks. We'll do some reaction episodes. We'll be busy on so- the social medias. So, so tag us, engage with us. We're super excited, which, you know, arguably, as Varun has said, we weren't a couple of months ago about ODIs. And now as it gets closer, you can't help but be excited by, by the Cricket World Cup. 
If you're watching us on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. At one tip, one hand on all the socials, send us your messages, uh, your questions, your feedback, and we will be back shortly to talk all things about the ODI World Cup. Again, we didn't get to go through the match in detail, but congratulations to the Indian women's team for the, uh, ex the, the outstanding Asian Games gold medal. Very, very exciting, big win against Sri Lanka in the final. And lots of fun stuff happening in the world of cricket. This is the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast. We will be back next week. Thank you for joining us. Thank you.